0: Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast that covers the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we're going to be talking about all the events from Saturday, July 25th to Monday, July 27th of 2020. And we are going to get started today with the British royal family um, because the Belgian royals are still on summer vacation. So let's go ahead and start with the British royals. On Saturday, what has to be my favorite thing that Queen Elizabeth has done, maybe, in this quarantine, it's a tie. It's a tie between this and the Captain Tom investiture. Um, But on Saturday, a video was released of Queen Elizabeth having a video call with the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. Um, and so this was intended to be a in-person event for a new portrait reveal, um, of Queen Elizabeth. Um, but that is not happening because COVID, um, which is like the story of all of our lives. Um, and so she did what is becoming the new normal, um, and did a video call kind of virtual, um, Tour, And so the first thing that happened was the unveiling of the portrait, which is, um, it's amazing. It's a really great picture, um, or portrait. It's a painting. Um, it's very similar. Um, and then she was able to talk about the experience that the Foreign and Commonwealth Office has had during, um, the crisis, the pandemic, um, in getting British, British citizens back to, um, the mainland because that was kind of like a necessary thing to do. And so they talked about that, um, on the, also on the video call was a representative from the Commonwealth office in, um, India and then a woman stationed at the embassy in France. Um, and so it was just a very, um, international focused event, which was fantastic. And it was, I don't quite know when the event was. Um, it, it was shot in Windsor. Um, so it's before Queen Elizabeth went to Balmoral. So I would say probably sometime in the last week, but I really, I don't know. I don't remember seeing a court circular about it. Um, and so that was that event. Also, I am still just loving these Queen Elizabeth on Zoom calls. Like, she figured it out. I am thoroughly impressed that she figured it out. Um, that's probably my favorite part. Like, obviously she's not doing any of the setup, but she has figured out how to have conversations over Zoom in the best way possible. Um, and so props to her for figuring that out. Um, it was a great thing. I do have the whole video. Um, it's about like eight to 10 minutes long and it's on the dailyroyal.com and like the show notes for this episode. Um, and then on Monday, so today, the day I'm recording this, a new video was released, um, with the Duke of Cambridge having a video conversation with famous uh, football players. So when I say football, in this context, I mean soccer for all my American listeners. Um, And so the players included David Beckham, Tyrone Mings, and Steph Houghton, um, as well as a few others. And so the video was um, held as a way to have a conversation about Uh, mental health and the football world, football culture, um, which is, I read somewhere today that football in the UK has this following that really can't be described. So I don't even think it would be as simple as saying it's like American football here. Um, because, like, the whole country is involved, um, which, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe similar to American football here in the States, but I, I don't know. Um, and so that was that, and then it was also part of the launch of the, um, mentally healthy football declaration which is a collaboration between heads up which is a um project of the duke and duchess of cambridge um geared towards mental health and the entire collaboration of football clubs in the uk which there are a lot of so it's like youth leagues premier league um fans everything, like everybody has signed on to this. Um, and the whole point of it is going to be, um, building a quote, mentally healthy culture at all levels of the game. So like one thing that was happening in this video call that William was on with David Beckham was apparently, I know who David Beckham is. I know he's a big deal. I don't follow football. I don't follow um, soccer um, or football. Um, but apparently in 1998, David Beckham had a rough year. This is all I know. This is all I gathered. I did not do a lot of research on this because I just I just didn't. Um, but he talked about how he was supported um, in going through all of that. But But apparently I don't, I don't ever want to call it a breakdown, but like there was a a climactic event, um, and he should have never gotten to that point was the whole thing that he was saying, um, was like the culture should have never allowed him to get to that point. But once it did, they rallied around him and took care of him. Um, but it was a really great conversation. It was really cool. Um, the launch video I like so much, um, and it's all about the, um, the, the signing, quote unquote, of the healthy football declaration. Um, and it's narrated by William. It's, it's a really cool launch video. Um, one of the coolest I've seen for their project so far. Um, and so that is what was going on with the British royal family over the weekend. Um, and now we are going to go ahead and move on to Denmark. Um I'm going okay. Sorry, this is this is one of those things that I just should know how to talk about, but I don't yet. Um okay, so I'm gonna preface this. I do not typically talk about um Queen Margaretha's younger youngest son, Prince Joachim, um, simply because I focus on the monarch in the direct airs. Like, that's what I have done on this podcast. But there is an exception to every rule, um, and health crises are, is going to be one of them. Um, and so with that, on Saturday, the Danish Royal House released a press statement, um, talking about how Prince yoakam who is 51, was admitted to university hospital in Toulouse, France late Friday night, um, due to a, what is translating as both stroke and blood clot. I have decided that it is a, blo- a blood clot, but I don't actually know. It translates both ways. Um, and so he underwent surgery to have that removed and he is now reported to be in stable condition. Um, there is not a lot of information coming out. Um, I think I read somewhere, but I don't remember if it was in a royal household statement that he was awake and aware of what had happened. Um, but like I said, I don't remember where I saw that. Um, so for now that is what is going on. Um, everybody that lives in Denmark, so Queen Margaretha, Crown Prince Frederick, and his whole family live in Denmark where, while Prince Joachim and his family actually reside pretty permanently in France. Um, Joachim just accepted a position, um, I believe as like an attache in the foreign office or in the embassy for France to Den- or Denmark to France. Um, but so he lives primarily in France. Um, and so the whole reason I said that, um, the people who live in Denmark, so the Queen and Crown Prince Frederick, from what I can tell, are in Denmark still. They haven't gone to France. Um, they haven't named a new, um, like a a regent while they're out of the country. Um, so as far as I can tell, they're staying in Denmark for now, which is to me a good thing, a good sign. Um, but this is all very speculative. Um, you know, this is one of those things I need to talk about, but I don't quite know exactly what's happening. Um, so that is what, (laughs) that's what's going on in Denmark. I am hoping to be able to update some more in the next few days on this with whatever the Royal House, um, releases, but I'm not, I'm not sure what, when that'll be, if it'll be anything. Um, so we'll, we'll play it by ear. Um, and so with that, let's go ahead and move on to Spain. Saturday, King Felipe and Queen Letizia visited the autonomous community of Galicia, which is in the northwest of Spain. Um, and they visited the capital of Galicia, Santiago de Compostela, um, for the day. So the reason they were in Galicia on a Saturday, they haven't really been doing these tours on Saturdays. Um, but the reason they were doing this is July 25th is, um, like Galicia's national day. Um, and so they were celebrating that. And so it, it seems weird for a autonomous community inside of a country to have um, national days, but, but this is why Spain is such an anomaly in the world um, is because a lot of these autonomous communities function as their own country within the greater country of Spain. Um, so it's similar to like, you know, I don't quite know when my state, like the day it was founded, but I know the year. Um, and so it's similar to that, but not exactly. Um, and so they also... <laughs> So that's just like another weird Spanish culture thing that I love, but is very confusing normally. Um, and so the reason, aside from National Day, it is also um, the feast of Saint James in the Catholic Church. And um, James, Saint James, was one of. This is going to be a very Catholic deep dive. I am not Catholic this is what I have done for this podcast. Um, so St. James was one of Jesus's 12 apostles, um, and he is also the, quote, patron saint of Spain. Um, so this is for a couple of reasons. One, according to folklore, his remains are in Galicia. Um, And then the other reason, the main reason, is he is responsible for bringing the teachings of Jesus Christ to the country of Spain. So there is a walk that he did Um, in Spain. It's called the Camino de Santiago, which is Walk of St. James. Um, And it's like this pilgrimage that people do every year, culminating in Santiago de Compostela on July 25th. Um, and so this is also a time where a national offering, so the whole country comes together to give this offering to their their saint, um, and occasionally it is attended by the king and queen. Um, so the last time Felipe and Letizia did this was the, a month after they were proclaimed king and queen um, as a, like crisis had just happened the year before and they wanted to show their support to the community Um, and then this year it made sense because they're on this autonomous tour um, that they again show support to the community during this crisis time Um, and then it it appears that they'll also go next year um, when the event is again held in the cathedral of Santiago de Compostela which is under construction. So lots of background there. Um, but they started their day by the mass of the national offering, which is a traditional mass. Um, and then it does have a section where, um, King Felipe will give a speech. Um, and in this speech, it's getting a lot of ears. He talked about unity, um, which if you go back a couple of episodes, you know that Spain right now kind of always, but Spain right now particularly, is heavily divided on a lot of different things. Um, And so this call for unity was really important, um, especially in the context of getting out of a crisis, Um, both a health crisis and what could become, I don't think it will be, um, but what could become a political crisis. Um, and so that was the, the mass. And then Felipe and Letizia walked through the town of Santiago de Compostela, um, where they visited the cathedral, which is, like I said, currently under construction and is set to reopen to the public next year. Um, this cathedral is beautiful, by the way. Um, I, like I said, not Catholic, have no real interest, but this cathedral is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, And then after visiting the um, cathedral and taking a few adorable pictures, um, there was a um, brief visit to the, um, quote, city hall. Um, where Felipe and Letizia signed the visitor book, um, thanking the people of Galicia for their welcoming, offering, or for their welcome, um, sending them a happy national day, um, and then sending well wishes in general to the COVID situation. So that was Saturday. And then today, the 27th, they were at the 13th stop of their autonomous community tour. We have two communities left. Um, And they started out by visiting the ASPACE, which is an organization focused on helping um, people who have cerebral palsy. Um, And so it focuses on different kinds of therapy and treatment, residential, um, educational, day treatment centers, kind of everything, um, thro- flows through this organization. Um, and so they visited what I think is a day center, um, where they got to explore the different kinds of therapies that are happening. Um, and then also participated in a meeting to hear about what ASPACE is, um, doing and how they've handled everything with the crisis because obviously like day time therapies at a building were very difficult to achieve um previously so they talked about how um the organization went about doing their business um and then later in the day they visited to the municipality in i don't think i said where we were going oh you guys i'm sorry um they were in the community of Navarra today, um, which is in the north central part of Spain, so along the some body of water um, between Aragon and the Basque Country is where it is. Um and so in that munis- or in that community they visited the municipality of Tajanur, um, where they visited the technology company Das Nantes. DOS Nanos, um, and during this visit, they saw demonstrations of different technology projects that the company has been working on, um, which include, um, a lot of biometric stuff, a lot of, um, social things. So, one of the things they displayed was a, um, like an identity verification, um, scanner essentially. So it's, um, it was really cool. You put your ID in a slot and then you like hold your face in front of a camera and they confirm if it's the same person or not. So that was really, really cool. And then they also had one for like getting on a subway or the metro in Spain, um, where you keep your ticket on your phone with a QR code and then you just scan it in and it just opens or it like allows you to go through the gate. Um, I know a lot of these things kind of exist already, but it's very cool to see them become modernized even more. Um, And then they also participated in a meeting about businesses um, in the community and how they are responding to COVID-19. And so with all of that, that is what was going on in Spain. And that is the end of the podcast. There is still nothing in Sweden as everyone is on vacation. Um, so here is the tentative game plan. I want to share this with you guys. So maybe I can keep myself accountable. Here's what I expect. Felipe and Letizia are going to be done with this Spain tour in like three days. I think the last event is July 30th. Then they're going to go on summer vacation. Um, To my knowledge, some of that will be public information, which we'll talk about, but most of that is going to be private, and I'm not going to talk about it. Um, And so, and that goes with everybody. Notice I'm not talking about anyone else's private vacation unless the royal household shares something. Um, And so what's going to happen is this podcast is going to slow down on events. Um, There's not going to be much at all to talk about. We'll get through it. Um, I have a couple of plans. We're going to talk about, um, some of the Royal families that I don't talk about on this podcast. Um, some of the reasons why I don't talk about them, but just go into like a deeper dive on them. Um, and so that includes like Monaco, Luxembourg, Japan, um, pretty much those three, but there, I mean, there's a few more, of course. Um, and then we're also going to spend some of the month talking about deposed royal families. So, doing a bit of a history lesson. So, um, the most infamous, of course, is the Russians, um, and how they were killed in the revolution. Um, and so we'll talk about that and we'll talk about the shaky, um, (laughs) Greek monarchy that has been deposed like a bajillion times, um, And we'll talk about some others that are out there too. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of what's coming down the pike. Um, But until then, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Um, This week, we're going to keep status quo. And then next week in August, we will um, start doing some of those background things to keep the podcast going. And so with that, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll talk to you then. Bye.